Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills from Afar with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how about that then? Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. Um, Bills are in the playoffs. Not only are we in the playoffs, we've got the two seed. Who could have seen that coming? Uh, what, start of December? <laughs> it seemed like a long way away, didn't it? It seemed like a impossibility almost. Um, so yeah, I'm absolutely delighted. I mean, that game on Sunday night was... Well, I say it's a roller coaster, to say the least. <laughs> Felt like every emotion, joy, fear, terror, you know, excitement, you, you, whatever you wanted, it was the full Buffalo Bills experience. And now we've got a really, I think, nice route through the playoffs. Um, it couldn't have been much better um, from where we were at the start of December. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely on top of the moon at the moment. And um, it's hard not to get carried away. It's hard not to think beyond Sunday um, but this is the most optimistic I've been as a Bills fan for quite a while uh, how are you doing yeah yeah no doing well thanks yeah doing well how can you not be after that you know um, it was just as you said it was a roller coaster. it was the ultimate Josh Allen experience mm. it's it's just so unpredictable these days I'll go into it more in terms of the Steelers well, we were texting him before when we the other day, like, yes, on paper, this path is easier, but we know what this Bills team has been like all season. So nothing's a given. And like nothing in the Dolphins game surprised me whatsoever. For, for, you know, that first half where, you know, Josh Allen had three interceptions, two of them being in the red zone. Uh, we had the end of half uh, throw to Ty Johnson, which uh, knocked him out. The uh, missed Stefan Diggs deep ball. Um, you know, we got the real... Uh, Josh Allen experience in that first half, but he was able to turn it around. And, um, you know, when you've got Josh Allen, we always say, don't we, like, when we've got him as a quarterback, um, he can never rule us out of any game. And this is when he does um, step up and perform and we see the highest levels of play from him. Um, You know, he's got that capability. You know, he can kind of put things behind him um, from one half to the next. And also the other end, he can, you know, play fantastically one half and then, you know, disintegrate the next. So (laughs) fortunately for us, we got we got the good end of it. but um, we, we really good, you know, as I said, we got the full Josh Allen experience, you know. He, Josh himself, he accounted for 53 of the uh, overall 74 offensive plays. He had 15 rushes this game. I don't think he's ever had 15 rushes. And I know a couple of them would have been the kneel downs and stuff, but I doubt he's ever had 15 rushes in a game. It just, all everything was through him. 426 total yards, passing and rushing. I was going to say, um, I was going to leave this to the awards, but I'll say it now as we're talking about him. Um, when uh, we were, I was considering awards at halftime, you know, Josh was the number one candidate for the Rex at halftime for me with how he's performing. That's not a surprise to everyone. Um, and then with the MVP, I was almost tempted, very, very tempted to put Josh in there. So it just goes to show, like, you, you know, you, the Bills can't really win without him um you know and the bills can lose because of him sometimes it's really weird like you've got that massive variance because obviously quarterback is the most important position in the nfl as we all know so you know it's real topsy-turvy i really did think he's gonna be my rex and i couldn't see a way around it yeah he managed <laughs> to turn it around it's just wild isn't it um it is it was yeah. a wild game i mean that's that's the word i've used the most is is wild um i mean I think it was a bit beyond the the second quarter. It was more like even the first half. It was more like when he when he fumbled the ball. I, I you know there was genuine risk to 
glassware in my house you know i was gonna throw something um i, yeah. I just couldn't believe it felt like it's happening all over again you know we're gonna throw it away mm. again um and then we have to say that the defense was absolutely exceptional um i mean it completely shut down miami in the second half um i think their drives were something like three and out four and out three and out four and out and there was a, a pick in there to close out the game i mean it's really it's really a really odd game to analyze because i think we were probably two maybe three plays away from yeah three three mistakes away from putting 40 on these guys um it should have been another 40 point win over the dolphins and obviously they were beaten up and i think that certainly took the pressure off but generally speaking we were moving the ball really well it was just these one or two in actual fact three isolated plays two turnover two two picks and a a fumble which completely stopped us in our tracks and we'd done the hard work we got to the red zone and then um you know well we'll get into it i'm sure but combination of bad decisions and a bit of bad luck and um it was just wild so then it looked all doom and gloom when we, when we fumbled the ball and then we took to obviously the, the turning point was the was the uh the punt reception and and who right. did who would have imagined deontay yep. hardy who's who's really done nothing all season but from one or two catches here and there to be that guy um it was just insane i, I thought that that fourth quarter was really where we saw josh put the team on his back and said no nah, no nah, we're, we're having this and um i don't know if you saw the clip with stefan diggs where he's he said this is the play this is the drive where we put the dagger in and um yeah that was the one where uh, it turned out with a Knox touchdown in the end it was a great um a great drive with 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 Knox as well so with uh, with Diggs having a really good reception he was back in the in the in the stats as well with seven mm-hmm. receptions and 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 what 87 yards um i thought just exceptional performances for people like Khalil Shakir and Dalton Kincaid as well i mean to think that these guys are now have gone from almost nothing last year in the case of Khalil Shakir and nothing certainly in the case of Dalton Kincaid to be such cornerstones of our offense is incredible. Um, I I thought that it was just one of those weird, weird games where Josh actually was in great form, but made three or two or three bad decisions. Um, And that, that changed everything. So I I mean, but what I think that I mentioned earlier, I'm beginning to believe I'm beginning to, start looking too far ahead and it's because actually the offense is clicking again the passing game is clicking again i mean he had 30 completions from 38 passes um yeah. two touchdowns <laughs> yes the turn the three turnovers but it's it's clicking and it doesn't take much it really doesn't take much for that to have been a 40 45 point game um mm. so it's exciting and i think we're going to go up against a, a Steelers team, which is on its backup second, third quarterback. You can debate that without TJ Watts. Um, it's a very, very winnable game. It's going to be hard and we'll, we'll talk about it. But if we win that, there's no one else that scares me in the AFC other than the Ravens. And, and we showed last year that we can beat them in, in Baltimore and, suddenly there's a path there's a path this is probably the most straightforward path we've had to the super bowl with kansas city dropping off and the bengals um not even being in the playoffs it's hard not to get excited um but yeah mm-hmm. it's great stuff isn't it? Yeah. great stuff 
Yeah, no, it certainly is. And, you know, who would have thought before the game that Deontay Harty, Trent Sherfield and Dawson Ox be the guys that ultimately won us this game from their touchdowns, you know. Um, I was just wondering, when was the last time you celebrated a um, Bills touchdown um, like you did the <laughs> Deontay Harty one? This, yeah, yeah. I, can, I can tell you, actually. And it was the last time was... The pick six from Taron Johnson against the Ravens in the playoffs. What was it? 2020, Ooh. wasn't it? COVID year. Yeah. Three seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, I, that was the last time I got that close to the TV. Yeah. <laughs> and, and which, which, you know, uh, fist pumping, just, it was nuts. And because that was, the, that was the turning point, right? I mean, that was just such an um, amazing yeah. play. And that's what it reminded me of is that where you go, oh, I'm not sure about this game. I'm not sure about this game. The game is drifting. The game is drifting. And suddenly, bang, you get something like that, which, you know, it can't help but get you out of your seat. And, um, yeah, yeah, I was yelling, yelling all the way to, to the end zone. Incredible stuff, really was. Yeah, it swung the momentum of the game, ultimately. And I just wanted to mention that you obviously have been defence done a great job and Sean McDermott done a great job um, in that second half and I don't dispute that but I felt like the Dolphins, the second half collapse, like you outlined it, you know they said 17 total plays, no more than five five uh, plays in a drive. Um, I felt like that was more weighed, weighted on the Dolphins I don't really know what they were trying to achieve Stop running, didn't they? Yeah, well they did, but they weren't effective, it's just too predictable, it was a run-run yeah. pass like they, they put Tua in um, really difficult positions, like third longs each time it felt like, because they weren't getting done in the run game, and for whatever reason A-Chain wasn't getting the um, you know, he wasn't getting in traction, they you know, from their perspective, um, you know, you'd have thought McDaniel would see that and try and change it up a little bit, but he was just too kind of adamant to, you know, too stubborn you know, to change it. I just thought it was, you know, you know it it, me that of, wasn't on tour. I, you know, yeah. sometimes um, teams, they have a strategy for the first half and then they know that the opposition is going to adapt to that. And so they have a separate strategy for the second half. And yeah. that's the only thing I can assume that they did. It's like, okay, a change running for what 5.6 yards a carry <laughs> and mm. I, I wonder whether the you know he's almost too smart for his own good Mike McDaniel he's thinking oh they're gonna they're gonna do everything we're gonna start getting heavier boxes heavier boxes so now is the time where we ask Tua to start um I don't know it just didn't make any sense like how I, I, obviously I think this is the the magic though of the McDermott defense which is they know how to play Tua um, they obviously were putting more men into the box and that was slowing down the run and for forcing Tua to start throwing outside the numbers where he simply doesn't have the arm strength to get it there, especially when it's it's on the left-hand side. And he's only got the one option as well with Tyreek Hill, like yeah. 13 targets, so even, like with Watt yeah. not being there, you know. And I mean, Hill, well, he still had his 82 yards, but he only has yeah. seven receptions off to 13 targets. Um, so yet again, we managed to contain Hill. He was really their only weapon. I mean, he's a tremendous player. Uh, there's no no two ways about it. But we contained Hill for yet yet again. And I think not having that yeah. second field stretcher in Waddle really hurt them. 
Yeah. And the thing was, in in the first half as well, Hill was getting his way. I remember one drive where he must have had two receptions on it and he just kept finding the soft zones. He kept, you know, horizontally coming across the field and um, you know, dropping into those zones and we just weren't picking them up. And, um, you know, clearly he made some adjustments not only to try and contain the run game, but also to try and contain Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, so all credit to McDermott. They adapted um, to that. But you would have thought, as you said, there'd be in a second adaption from the Dolphins, and we didn't really see that um, from there. I just thought that was really weird um, overall. And I thought it was weird, like some of the things they'd done even in the first half, like the, the play before, um, you know, what happened at the end of the half, where they just kind of stood off us when we had like, I don't know, 14 seconds left and we could have run like two extra plays. Like that was really weird. Like they just were. Like they're just expecting a pass when you could kind of, you know, not necessarily run it, but you, you know, with Josh, he could just find a way of getting some extra yardage in that situation, make it an easier field goal ultimately. Um, you know, um, but yeah, but what, what was going through your mind like at that end of that first half when he tried to make that throw? Um, and he, you know, he, he wasn't sensible and he didn't throw it into the ground or you know, throw it away or anything like that. Um, like what was going through your mind when you were watching that unfold? Did you think that you know that that was going to have a critical outcome like the, the Ty Johnson catch where they couldn't convert it, um, and get in the end zone? Yeah, so that was a I watched went to watch that one back because McDermott was fuming at halftime, wasn't he? And oh, yeah. I, I have to be honest, and I'm sure you and I have spoken about this before this whole sideline reporter thing really annoys me. They ask some of the dumbest questions known to man they get one question and they're often dumb and the coaches just in cricketing terms they just play a straight back back to them we yeah. learn nothing but what you could tell <laughs> it was the one time where you felt like you learned something where mcdemo was really annoyed at, at josh but there was no one in the end zone <laughs> there yeah. was, if you go looking that back and I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm right there's nobody was in the end zone everybody was short of the end zone so it's all very well saying, well, you can't pass that guy who's not in the end zone. But just the, the pocket was closing in. He didn't have a lot of options. Mm. Um, um, so maybe that was actually more of a play call thing is that we, we I don't know, but it was a, a weird one. And then, of course, after the game, um, McDermott was talking about what a leader and he was gushing about Josh Allen. And, and I, I guess probably on the basis of, you know, he recovered from a really rough set of uh, set of plays to to go and lead his team to. You know, through sheer force of will to go and win that game, but yeah, it was. It was. I know that wasn't the time I thought we'd thrown it away. It, the, the time was the was the was the Josh fumble. That was when I was prepared to throw stuff at walls, windows, mm. and things. Yeah, yeah. No, I, for for me, for the, I felt like was, at one point I had conceded and thought we weren't going to win this. Um, not only because of, you know, the interceptions we had before, but can you remember there was that time, um, one of the drives in that first half where um, it was third down. Josh knew that pressure was coming his way. You know, there was the two linebackers, you know, um, had come um, chasing down, expecting the snap to be taken. You know, Josh drew him in, recognised that there's going to be a blitz middle linebacker. And yet they ran the play and there wasn't a, like a hot route or anything. Anyone to get open really quickly. Um, no one picking up those protections. And ultimately, you can't pick up everyone, obviously. You know, you're overloaded. But, yeah, it wasn't a quick 
decision. There wasn't any change at the line um, to try and get someone open. It was just he took the sack and I was like, it's going to be one of those. I just can't see us winning if we're functioning like this. Mm. Um, so I don't know what was said at halftime is it wasn't only the defense that kind of turned it around his offense as well, because yeah, at that point, like we were, as you said, moving the ball really well, getting ourselves into some really good positions, but Josh was having a Jets type of performance and kind of throwing that away, it felt like. And I just really couldn't see it at that, at that point. So, fair play to Josh turning it around. He put it on his back. Um, and, yeah. Um, yeah, that no, was great. I think the only other talking point I wanted to bring up before we talked about the awards, and um, unless you've got anything else, is just the injuries, really, from my perspective. Mm. Um, a lot of guys left the field. Um, the... the, the most brutal one, I think, is um, I don't know any of the you know designations we're recording this Tuesday evening, so we don't know what impact that this necessarily has to you know the game against the Steelers. But Brazil Douglas being out, um, that that's horrible for mm. for that to happen. Um, probably one of our most important players on defense, him and Ed Oliver, I'd argue um, at the moment. Gabe Davis, who we know you know in a receiving game. He's inconsistent to say the least, but mm. he's still a leader. He's still a captain of his team. He still, you know, gives us another option in a passing game. Uh, Tyrell Dodson left the game as well, went into the locker room, and he's really impressed me over the last uh, several weeks. Um, what he's been able to do, and then Dion Dawkins had a hand injury, and it looked brutal from the um, footage we we're seeing. Like, must must have been yeah, must, a lot of blood, wasn't know, there? A lot of blood. I don't know how many stitches that took, but um, he went back out. Obviously, wrapped it up, and you know, got him through the game. But you know, I, I kind of thought about putting him as the unsung hero, just the fact that he was able to come back out and you know play uh, through that. You know, um, yeah. just uh, but. Those injuries resulted in in some unsung heroes, you know, so many unsung yeah. heroes, um, you know, stepping up. A lot of the backups played well. Like they all had their, you know, you know, Dane Jackson especially. Like he, you know, a couple of times Tyreek Hill won against him, but you'd expect that because he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, but there was a few plays where you know he did defend the pass, and you know he was, um, you know. Um, being physical, that catch point and that type of thing. Um, you know, you've got Bale Inspector who Chris Collingworth kept saying that he'd only played like, what, five to seven defensive snaps all season yeah. to come in. And I thought it came out in coming in, weirdly enough, I texted you just before this, that, um, you know, we, we'd not really seen much from him. But from what I was, you know, hearing in training camp, he sounded okay. And with a linebacking coach, um, you know, he's, he's worked well, some um, really good things. He was kind of about, what, fourth... I think at the start of the season, we would have expected him to be our fourth-choice linebacker. And we weren't very sure that our second-choice linebacker was any good. (laughs) So if you were two notches below that, I think it made us a little sceptical about Balen Spector. Um, But it's the power of the McDermott scheme, you know. I think, as you said, he takes take a lot of credit uh, for Mm. having a scheme that is mature enough that you can have these guys rotate in and out. I thought Taylor Rapp had one of his better games as a bill as well. Yeah. Um, and not miss a beat. Ron van der Mark as well. He yeah, came yeah. in. Do you have any other talking points? No. Obviously, there's so much from this game and I'm yeah. sure we're just getting so many like fantastic plays that happened that we won't get even round to as part of the offensive play of the game. You know, um, it was just a, a real... Um, 
you know, one of the games of the season, ultimately, obviously knocking out your, well, not knocking them out, but, you know, winning that division title uh, yeah. for the fourth year running. We haven't even talked about that, the fact that we've done it in, you know, fourth year straight and, you know, we still got that dominance and, uh, you know, it's just nice to hang over the, when, when we do our, um, you know, um, before the season podcast with um, the Jets, Dolphins and uh, Patriots fans that we have, it would just be nice to be able to keep that dominance up uh, because we've never had one where we've not ever been the division winners. So yeah. uh, we'll just keep that going. Um, maybe this isn't really about the game, but it's more of a kind of general feeling after having won this game is that the Bills are now battle tested. They've basically been playing fo- playoff football for a month and a half. Knowing yeah. that, um, you know, from six and six, they had to go and win the next five, and um, they did. And which, and they've been winning tight games. They've been winning games that, um, frankly, where the offense wasn't working. They've been winning games in different ways. We saw the way that they won the Dallas game. We've seen the way they just won this game. Um, this is a battle-hardened team. That's in a really good run of form in terms of results, but we haven't yet played our best football. Um, but I can see the signals that the defense is getting better and better and better. The offense seems to be beginning to click. We've got on his day, James Cook as a really constructive part of the offense, both as a catcher and as a, as a, as a, as a, as a runner. Um, we've got three, three and a half, very very useful bat ball catchers um in Khalil Shakir, Diggs, Kincaid and Knox. This is more weapons than a lot of teams have. And mm. this team is just clicking at the right time. You want to be playing your best football in January and February and um it's still getting better. So it's just uh yeah, it's great to see. Mm. All right. Should we get into the awards then? Yeah, so uh, MVP, who have you gone for? So similar to you, it was kind of like how <laughs> I, I, it felt like it should be Josh Allen, but you know the guy had three turnovers, yeah. and I, who knows whose fault the first one was, whether it was his or Davis. Um, nobody's nobody knows, and we're probably not going to tell us. The second one was essentially an arm punt. Right, I could can forgive that, but the, the the fumble was just appalling. So I don't feel I can give it to Josh, even though we won because of Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and we wouldn't have won without, without Josh, but I just felt like those mistakes were just too costly. Um, so I've given it to Khalil Shakir because the guy had six receptions of six targets for 105 yards, and he was taking inside route, underneath routes as well as outside routes. Routes. So he was yes, he's the slot receiver, but he's also able to win um, and, and go um, and run some of those sort of different types of routes that perhaps we haven't seen. We didn't, wouldn't have seen from a Beasley, for example. If you look at his route tree, it's really interesting. Um, it's pretty 50-50 in terms of outside and, and, and inside. Yes, he was mostly catching either in the backfield or or um, there's a dump-off option, but his speed with the ball in his hands is, is phenomenal. Um, in fact, there was one that was down the left sideline. I think actually if he cut in, he had the beating of that cornerback or that safety. I can't remember which one it was, and he might have scored a touchdown on it. So I think it was a 46-yarder. Um, but I thought he was – was, this was the day where he became uh, – this is a de facto slot receiver for the next five years. Um, I thought he was awesome, um, even though probably the MVP is Josh. 
What about mm. you? Yeah, no, so exactly the same in terms of lot. Josh already talked about that, that he wasn't my MVP just because of that first half. Um, Khalil Shakir is a good shout. Uh, he's um, someone I definitely considered. He, uh, you know, he's kind of living up to that draft hype from Boise State and we kind of saw it in film. We had that run after the catch and, you know, he was able to play inside and outside a versatile piece for them and, you know, he's having that same role for us and um, being really productive and it's just great to see him kind of flourishing now and uh, especially because like his first season with the Bills um, his hands you know, he, he was susceptible to those drops and that kind of it certainly got him in uh, McDermott's uh, doghouse it seems so I don't know if he's just worked on the jugs machines or, or what it is but his hands is definitely um, you know I don't know what his catch rate is but it feels like every single game you know he's pretty much catching everything that's coming his way so um, he's playing really well but I went for Toron Johnson so he had uh, a team high of nine tackles he didn't have to um defend any passes but just from a run game perspective mm. for nine he's tackles linebacker isn't he he's basically exactly yeah. yeah you know there's so many ways he's coming down and firing off the ball and you know uh, making really good tackles and limiting the yardage and kind of creating these like third long situations for two he was integral uh, to a run defense in this game um, especially as I said, was, uh, the Dolphins' offense was so predictable with a run-run pass um, that they could kind of, yeah, they knew that that's what they were going to try and kind of um, put onto the, to our defense. And a number of the guys stepped up. I know Greg Russo had a really good um, tackle for loss at one point. Daquan Jones did. Um, so it was just a great collective effort. But Teron Johnson, he could just, I just wish in a pro bowl there was like a, a nickel position because he's never going to win. You know, he's never going to be in the pro bowl as a nickel cornerback because they don't make all of a um up real plays, but the amount of like dirty work he does from a slot and as that run defender, you know. Um no one really knows yeah. about Tom Johnson if it no. was like him. He is the ultimate unsung hero, isn't he? And the Pro Bowl is such a popularity contest. It's just he's he's never gonna make a Pro Bowl, unfortunately. Um it'll be interesting to see if the all pro um you know it's a much more I would say robust process. Yeah. You know, it's people that watch lots of different teams, not just fans. Um, I think it's it's a sort of thing that people take much more seriously. Um, it's not just like uh, retweet Twitter vote crap. Which <laughs> I just don't. I don't understand at all. Yeah. It's like uh, most people only watch their own team. So why is that a valuable? Well, whatever. Um, mm. But the, I think maybe it would be interesting to see if he would make an All Pro selection because I mean, how many better slot? Defenders are there out there, um, and you know I'm as guilty as anyone. I don't only watch a portion of football out there, but it feels like he's really at the top top of the line. I know that um, Mina Kimes say that so that she was uh, very keen on Taron Johnson and and would be in her All Pro vote. So mm. um, yeah, great shout. Yeah. All right, Off. offensive play of the game. Yeah, cool. We might have the same one here. Uh, I did highlight a few more as well that I do want to touch on. Um, but for me, it's got to be that Josh Ferd and 13 yeah. run, isn't it? Where he just kind of puts it all on him as he tends to do. But he kind of barrels through people, jukes them, you know, just finds a way of getting the yardage. You know, uh, uh, as others have said, like, 
no other quarterback in the NFL can really do that. Like, yes, you know, there's other good, you know, Justin Fields, you know, Lamar Jacksons are really good scramblers, but they run differently to what Josh does. No one can, you know, be as physical as he can um, from a quarterback position and just mm. barreling and no one could stop him. You know, his, his head was, um, you know, all about, just getting his mindset was all about just making that and finding a way and he found a way. Um, just unbelievable. I know that it's not exactly shocking for Josh to do that for us as a Bills fan. It's shocking for all the other fans because I know, you know, we've had a lot of primetime games and then, and I know that a lot of people are aware of Josh, what Josh is capable of now, but, you know, just, you don't see that anywhere else, no. and um, it, you know it's a, it's a cheat code, isn't it? It's the ultimate cheat yeah. code. Um, what I find entertaining is the defensive backs trying to, or not, or don't trying to get out of his way because he's fifty percent larger than them, and he yeah. loves it. You know, he's a enormous human being. I think it was um, Dominic Foxworth that said he's a defensive back with a hell of an arm. <laughs> which, which I quite like. Sorry, he's not a defensive back. Sorry, he's a defensive tackle with L and arm. Um, yeah. And I, I really like that. Um, mm. he's, he's, he's just a, a cheat code when he's was in that mentality. And what mm. we're, we, we've been playing playoff football for a while, really. And in playoff football, he has to use his legs. And man, does he use his legs, you know, 67 yards. Um, and, mm. and the short gains, the tush-push gains, um they are he's just bigger than everybody else so mm. he is the cheat code and that 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 play was one of those which again gets you out of your seat and just you know yeah i'm interested i'm interested if you went i'd assume you went for that as well just because yeah. everyone's talked about that play but is that what you went for it was yeah i mean honorable yeah. mention to the ones a dig, yeah. dig sideline catch where he, he duked and yes. got past a couple of guys I thought that was a great play i thought the dalton kincaid one on the left sideline where he was sort of falling away to catch it was a great play by the way, Kincaid had a great game. <laughs> that guy is yeah. as smooth as ice, and um, he's only getting better. So, but yeah, I mean, how could you pick another play? The Sherfield toe dra- uh, drag swag could <laughs> qualify as well. It, it would have qualified um, if he hadn't that. gone off a helmet, I suppose. I mean, yeah. um, well, just in terms of uh, yeah, incredible thing and still coming down with that because there wasn't much time before he was getting out of the sideline. So and who saw that keep coming? His t- Trent yeah. Sherfield being there, yeah, such an active contributor. So, yeah, yeah. great stuff. No, I agree. Um, defensive play. What have you? What have you gone for? So he has a few, but I decided to go for, for you know, the end of the game, basically, which was the um, the, the, yeah. the, the 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 pick on um, I think it was uh, it was Rap, right? Um, yeah, he's right, right at the end of the game. I thought Rap, what well, he had two defensive um, break breakups. Thought he played really well. Um, he's been a bit hit and miss so far this season, but um, we played a lot of dime this 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 game. He was on the field quite a bit, seemingly, and I thought that was that was a huge huge play and. It was the time when you could stand up and celebrate. So just the the time to be on it, you know, concentration. How many times we've we seen this defense not be able to get a stop, um, mm. and we did four in a row um, to end the game, and uh, that was huge. Yeah, yeah, no, um, definitely a good candidate. I thought I'd go somewhere else, because uh, you'd go for that. I went for. I've already talked about it actually. I didn't realise, um, <laughs> but for Greg Rousseau. 
um, tackle for loss against yeah. uh, A-Chain when um, he kind of had to, obviously not match his speed quite, but he kind of read it and kind of got himself in a position that he was able to, you know, keep stride for uh, a couple of uh, strides and um, bring him down, you know. For, he's the quickest probably player um, here in Tariq Hill. great athlete, isn't he? In the NFL. So yeah. the fact that Russo was able to make that play and uh, make that stop um, just kind of says a lot really about him. Like he doesn't, he's another one of these guys on our defense that doesn't uh, show up on a stat sheet a lot, um, but he's still a, solid quite every a key week, part to this yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, you just know what you're going to get from him, and uh, he's a really good run defender as well, that like we all know. So, um, yeah, he's uh, very important to our defense, and yeah, that's what went for him. Um, unsung hero, who have you gone for? Um, I'm sort of torn between two, and we've mentioned them both already, which is uh, Ben Spector and Brian, Brian Vandermark, or Van Denmark, which if we, we prefer. <laughs> you know, on the basis that these were guys that we would not have imagined that would step in um, this game, but we didn't miss a beat. And um, in, in either case, I mean, that drive we went up the up the up the um, the field without, you know, our, our Pro Bowl left tackle. And Dion Dawkins, while he's getting strapped up, um, was was impressive. And I, I, I confess, I didn't spot um, him going out initially. And then they they they, they caught, and I was like, Vandermark's playing. What? <laughs> mm. I, I somehow missed that. And then you have this sort of fear that oh, this this such solid um, blindside for Josh is going to be under threat, and it wasn't. And um, yeah, impressive. To, for it to them to step in, so I'll go for Ryan Vandermark. I thought, um, yeah, yeah, of the two. What about you? Yeah, so I went for one of those guys that came in and uh, already talked about him, that's Dane Jackson. Just the fact that mm. uh, we all know who Dane Jackson is now, you know, the fact that he's a like a rotation piece of our secondary, um, and effectively he's like our fourth corner now, isn't he? Um, but, um, yeah, just him stepping up, you know, they're trying to expose him and target him, um, coming onto the field, you know, he'd not had any game time at, at that time when he came on and I feel like he stepped up and um, kept things relatively, you know, he, there wasn't any blown coverages, there wasn't anything, um, you know, bad that happened when he was on the field. He gave up a couple of catches to Tyreek Hill, but he's going to. Um, but he made a few really good, um, he defensed a couple of passes really well um, as well. Uh, I think in that final drive as well. So just a shout out to him. You know, he's not, uh, you know, world beater. He's not someone that's uh, going to start necessarily for, for other teams, but he's useful to us. And um, I'm just happy he's part of our uh, our roster, really. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, uh, Dane Jackson for me. Um, what about surprise for you? I struggled with this and I was texting you about this. So, um, I went to Trent Sherfield. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, literally, what was it last week? I had written down in my notes, what's Sherfield doing out there? What's, what's the, the point, point of Sherfield? Yeah. Mm. And um, you have to say that on four targets, he had uh, three receptions and a touchdown and a hell of a catch off, off someone's helmet. So when we needed him, the guy came to the party and especially probably getting more stats because of... Um, of Gabriel Davis uh, having to come out of the game. So to me, that was just a massive surprise. I mean, honestly, mm. it's been like a waste of time up until this point, but well, I mean, obviously blocking is good. Let's, let's be clear. But in terms of a pass catcher, in terms of an impact player, we've not seen anything out of him. And um, suddenly he came to the party um, and um, yeah, impressive. 
impressive character yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, no. So I've gone for the same uh, vein, really, and that's the fact that Harty actually done something productive and uh, somehow, especially because uh, we know he's been a non-factor in a passing game, but he has always been the punt returner. And it feels like every time that he... Um, returns it's a negative play it always feels like you know you, you could make you know you could have better production returning a ball um or i just i've said before as well like you should just fair catch it for now because you know there's no point of risking it and um getting fumbles and that kind of thing but i actually returned it and i won't actually call him call for him a fair punt it again because i know he's a pro bowler a returner of the Saints before he came to us. I just couldn't see that. Mm. Um, I couldn't see that vision or anything from him, and that's why I was calling for him just a fair catch it because he's he's been reliable actually doing that part of it. Um, but, yeah, I, I won't ask him a fair catch again if he wants to go for it and uh, try and make some yards. And uh, he's got my uh, permission now uh, as a result of uh, what he'd done. So, mm. yeah, hearty for me. And what was your Rex? It's got to be the Miami fans, isn't it? Um, yeah, I've got exactly and, the same. And yeah. I've, got, I've got two reasons for this one. The first one is your team's got a chance to to go deep in the playoffs. Um, you've got one of the best scoring yeah. offenses in the league and you sell your tickets on the um, the final game of the regular season to your arch rivals um, for, a, for a quick buck um, to make it seemingly a 50-50 crowd. And if anybody's sort of wondering what the noise is like, you know, there's a clip floating around of the uh, yeah. Deontay Hardy uh, reception, uh, so punt return, and and the noise yeah. is insane. And that yeah. noise is generated from Buffalo Bills fans. And you can see in the crowd how much blue there is. There's I mean, just waves of it. it yeah. it's, it's hard to put, it's like, you know, where's the Dolphins fan? Like you could do where's Wally uh, version of it with the Dolphins it, fan because I struggled actually seeing it. Really. It's not the people that are there, right? I'm criticizing the, pe- the people that are there that go to see the game. Great. You know, you, whatever. It's the people that were yeah. ticket holders that sold those tickets on a game as big as that. That is lame, lame as hell. Yeah. And yeah. Um, as committed Bills fans, committed sports fans, it's, it's impossible to get my head around why anybody would do that. Um, so that was pretty glam. And I think the second reason is one unfortunately much more serious, which was, was sad news of a Bills fan who was shot right outside the stadium uh, and lost his life. Um, you know, we don't need to get into the, the guns side of things about Florida and, and the US, but I think that no. you shouldn't be going to a sporting event and lose your life. And I don't care what arguments or disagreement happened. That shouldn't be something that happens in life. And um, yeah, very disappointing. Yeah, no, uh, you said that really well. Um, you've echoed everything I was going to say about the Dolphins fans. I had them as mine as well. Um, just the fact that, you know, they haven't won a divisional title since 20, 2008. And this is your, you win it and you, you win your, title, your division title, you know. Yeah. And as you said, like, just for waves of Bills fans, you can see in that one particular clip versus you know, you just can't see barely any Dolphins fans there, and uh, it's shocking. Like, I don't know. Like, had I changed paths, and I don't know, I'd have selected the Dolphins on Madden, and you know, gone down that. I don't know if I'd have chased my mind because once I, you know, said, "Oh, I'm going to be a Dolphins fan," <laughs> you know, realised the fan base, then you know, I just couldn't support a team that was at you know, fair weather and 
could do something like that, you know, in a, in a game of such magnitude. Like, you know, I that's why I'm so of, glad that I crossed a, paths with the Bills, you know. I mean, we obviously come out of a UK soccer culture where you yeah. know, you're a fan and you're a fan for life, and it's not the same in the US. Um, there are some cities that aren't football cities. Um, you know, you look at a city like LA, which is much more into basketball and it's and it and it's um and it's uh and it's baseball um than it is uh you know a, a football town and it, it struggles with you know getting you know fans to, to come and follow the charges. Um it's I'm just trying to think is there a, is an equivalent of the sort of fair weather fan in, in UK soccer of of the team the, the, the fans that only turn up when the team's doing all right. And I couldn't I mean, I'm as partisan as the next guy, but I couldn't really think of a team where they they sell out a stadium in the Premier League and they get relegated and it's fifty you percent know, full. It just doesn't happen here, does it? I don't think. No, no, no. You're right. Um, I was trying to think. In um, I was trying to think more of the top teams um, that sell like most of their tickets to the tourists and stuff. Like if it was like you know. Um, yeah, but that's a quantity I, of fans thing, which is different to buying tickets and then selling them. Yeah, that's, that that's that's what I'm. Yeah, no, that's what I'm getting at. Like, yeah. if, if there's tourists that you know buy the tickets from like season ticket holders because they don't want to go to like one of the biggest, like the Manchester derby, for example, yeah. or you know, Manu Liverpool, you know. They don't, do they? They're like they go no. to those games because they're the biggest games, and that's that's why you're a fan. That's why you're yeah. season ticket holder is to go to those games, not just to sell them off. So yeah, yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, it's I, different. I can't think of... It's different to the Chargers because you know the Chargers moved from San Diego. They obviously lost a lot of fans in that in that process. Yes. They're hoping yeah. to tap into another market, and it's just not working for them. You know, if Norwich ex- were in the Premier League and they expand their stadium to seventy, eighty thousand, you're not going to fill seventy, yeah. eighty thousand with the great respect no. to Norwich. But it's yeah. the it's the if you get relegated and you and, and people that were going to the games are no longer going to the game. I just couldn't think of a of a situation. And again, it's a different sport. And 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 um, but it's just so alien to us, especially as Bills mm. fans. And well, the, the Bills weren't selling out every game when we were terrible either. But it's it, it just seems so odd to me that so many fans would sell tickets in the biggest game of the season. Uh, I just mm. can't get my head around it. At and all. the biggest game for them for probably a decade or something. No, yeah, that's the other yeah. Thing. it's just it's just nuts. Chance of the two seed. I mean, it's just huge. Anyway, I have a stat yeah. uh, or uh, some stats I wanted just to share with you. This doesn't really fit with the awards, yeah. but given the fact we're at the end of the regular season, I thought this was kind of interesting. So I'm going to read you the amount of Ed Oliver quarterback pressures per se- per season. And I want you to make a prediction of how many he's got this year, right? Without looking it up. So 2019, yeah. he had 29. 2020, he had 35. 2021, he had 40. Last year, he had 31. How many do you think he's had this year? So he's had nine and a half sacks, hasn't he? So he was the highest um, of 40, lowest of 29 in the last five seasons before this one. I know it's going to obviously be a good amount more. I'd say, I don't know, 60, 65. Oh, wow. Yes, sixty-five. That's impressive. Oh, nice. Well yeah. done. Well done. But I mean, what does that is... rank? That must be. That's. I remember you saying it's like top five, isn't it, or something? I haven't. Like that for I haven't looked it up recently, but yeah, it must be right up there for sure. So he's not yeah. an alternate. He's not an alternate, is he? For is he as a third, maybe, or something like for, I think for Pro Bowl? He's, yeah, I mean, I, I don't pay something attention like to Pro that, Bowl. It's got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm concerned. Uh, but the thing is, I was going to say like. 
defensive tackle in the AFC is hard to, you know, get. It was just so stacked, isn't it? Quinn and Williamses and, you know, other guys in the league that aren't coming off the top of my head, but there's a lot of good defensive tackles in the yeah, AFC. So, but he's, uh, he's outperforming that contract, doesn't he? He is outperforming oh, yeah. that contract. Right? So we should yeah. probably check in on Scottish Phil and see what he had to make of the game on Sunday. All right, lads, how's it going? Um, not really sure what to make of that. Felt just a wee bit underwhelming overall. Um, yeah, you win the game, I suppose. Got a few injuries picked up as well, which was a bit of a concern. There's only a couple of weeks left to go in the season. Um, and just basically really struggled to kind of put away a pretty average um, opponent. Yeah, it's in their own patch, um, and you've outnumbered their fans as well, because, you know, you would think an average team with a chance to win a division at home for the first time since, I don't know, since bread was sliced, um, you'd maybe want to turn up and cheer them on. Um, I mean, I think, but I think if you put it in a context, I say something like the WWE, then it maybe go... Um, something a bit different. You maybe you maybe have to say, "Oh, you didn't know your ass better call somebody." So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the National Football League of America proudly presents to you the AFC East champ, divisional champions, the Buffalo Bills. Magic! Get a right up you too. Get a right up you McDaniel's. Get a right up you aging. Get a right up the whole of South Beach, run the lawyers, get it right up yous, right up yous, ass, uh, bang on the Steelers, go Bills. <laughs> he, happy, he, he happy there, I was like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> what's <laughs> what's, what's wrong with purple. him? <laughs> I, thought, I, th- I thought he was one of these, um, I thought he was like, um, we'd lost the game. I thought it was like a Dolphins fan for, for a second, a Fairweather fan that was just like, yeah, we won it. We, we, what, how does it matter? And then all of a sudden, the ultimate curveball, we, there's yeah, the Phil that we you had know me. and love. Well done, Phil. Yeah. You had me. You had me. All right, we should probably talk about this upcoming Steelers game uh, that we have a rare, a rare, in UK terms, 6 p.m. kickoff on a Sunday. I mean, that's just perfect, isn't it? Um um, I, I will be heading to the Fitzrovia Bell in London to to watch it with uh, with London Bills backers. What about you? Are you? Any special plans for this one? It's uh, I'm, I'm excited already, and it's on what are we Tuesday? I'm so fired up for this yeah. game. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Nothing significant planned for this end. I won't be able to make it down to London, I'm afraid, to enjoy the game. But um, yeah, I'll uh, be enjoying it. And uh, I'm sure I have some wings going and some all wings, the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, got to make special. Uh, got to make them extra special. Uh, I'll have to think about what I do and what uh, what uh, coating I put on them. And uh, yeah, no, it's just when when you looked at the scenarios and um, you kind of weighed them all up. Um, especially after the Steelers had won, like you saw, you know, the Jags lost, but the Bills won, you then faced the Steelers. And if the Jags had won and the Bills had won, who would that have been at that point? It was, it's less favourable anyway. Like That was the one I wanted, was the Steelers yeah. at home. Um, you know, 
they're, they're a strange team. Like I, I looked at a lot of statistics from their season and you look at some of them and you're wondering like, how are they kind of actually in the playoffs? Because we all know what their quarterback situation has been like. Kenny Pickett, um, he's not worked out, although I find it really weird they're still calling them him the long-term starting quarterback and you're starting Mason Rudolph over him, uh, even though he's like available. And that's really strange to me, but that, that's going off on a complete tangent. But this Pittsburgh team, looking at them on paper, it's massive. Obviously, TJ Watt has been ruled out now. Um, he's out for a couple of weeks, it looks like. So he's going to miss our game. That's pretty big. Um, pretty big. That's massive. That's that's the best player, isn't it, ultimately? Yeah. Um, and he's, he's yeah, caused those sense. problems in the past. Um, yeah. The other statistic yeah. I, I heard was was that without TJ Watt, the Steelers have an 11% win rate, uh, which is insane. Um now, yeah, you know, you that's can, shocking. It doesn't mean we're going to walk it, but it's absolutely—it's pretty surprising that it's that extreme. Yeah. Um, mm. Especially for a team that's made the playoffs so often in recent years, uh, just to show us how critical he is to that defense. Mm. And it is a very much a sort of decent defense-centric organization, isn't it? It's been defense that sort of terrorized various teams over the years. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I just want to expand on that. Like you—you you, you said about um, you know the Steelers that you're surprised that they're in the playoffs and, you know, it's a team that we should beat. And I know that that's, yeah, as I said, that, that they're the team that I want. But with this Bills team and how they play this season, like only if the Steelers were to like boat race us, would I be shocked? Like if the Steelers, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills won by 30 points on Sunday, but also wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers uh, on Monday, if we get to Monday morning and the Steelers have beaten us by seven points, I wouldn't be shocked because we've all got to remember like 2021 season, which has probably been my most fun bill season that I've watched. Um, the first game of that season, we lost to the Steelers with mm. that blocked uh, punt, that return. You know, this is a kind of game that, you know, on paper, the Bills look um, on both sides the better team, and it's the fundamentals. The Steelers' offense—they've um, got the joint second lowest turnovers on offense, only 16. You know, if Josh has a Josh game and he turns the ball over three, four times, and the Steelers don't turn the ball over, they're going to get field position advantages. Um, they're going to have easier routes to score touchdowns, and they could keep the game close. So, yes, although on paper we look really good and, you know, we're all confident that we should win this game quite rightfully. Um, I'm not discounting the Steelers. It's it's a one-off yeah. game, um, you know, and I respect the Steelers organisation. I respect the stability they've always had. Mike Tomlin, I think, is a good coach. I know that a lot of the Pittsburgh fans, I'm hearing a lot of noise that they don't think that because I think they've only had like one playoff win and, I don't know, since since they last won the Super Bowl, probably, um, you know, they've not had a lot of success recently, but they're always in it. Like, as we say, like, as long as you're always kind of competitive and making the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen for those four, four games. So um, that's what you can really ask for as a fan, in my yeah. opinion, is, you know, making it. And then doing it without, obviously, that stability at quarterback, you know. They haven't had that since Big Ben. They're, they're looking for it. They haven't got it. And I'm sure next season they'll, they'll kind of address that and bring someone in. Um, but, yeah, so I really do respect the Steelers organisation. Um 
and yeah, I could rattle through a lot of uh, statistics for you um, if you're good with that. Um, so from the the bad side of things um, on offense, um, things that they're not good at, uh, it's things that you kind of expect. Like they're bottom third for yards, yards per play. Uh, first downs, they've got the fourth lowest amount of total first downs this season. And passing touchdowns, which we, we, we knew was a problem anyway, second lowest in the league. So um, they're definitely a better rushing offense because, as I say here, they've got their 10th in rushing touchdowns, uh, 9th in rushing uh, attempts, um, also rushing um, average. And then um, they're also pretty good at not having the quarterback sacked. I think that's largely because of the amount of time um, they, you know, they get the ball out of their hands pretty quickly. Um, so they're pretty good on that on offense. On defense, um, the bad point of it is they've allowed the tenth most uh, high um, yards in the league. Um, but good um, is the takeaway. So you, you think of their secondary and you think mm. you can take advantage of that. But they've actually got the eighth most takeaways and uh, their average to above average in pressure rate, which will obviously be impacted by TJ Rott. So they kind of like they're poor on offense as we kind of all knew and expected. And then they're pretty average out above average on defense. And, you know, when you look at those metrics, you think how they actually made the playoffs, especially in that division as well. They've all got winning records and, you know, I suppose that's just kind of how they're set up and, you know, the kind of organization they've been. So yeah, yeah it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, it's one of those games where it's hard to see a, a Bills blowout. Um, it, it, it feels like it'll be tight. I don't see yeah. them scoring heavily on us. I mean, it's very much a sort of run-centric offense. Um, I think that um, they are, I think really, they've got an offensive line, which is is really good uh, for to, in support of Najee Harris. You know, we all know Najee Harris and what a what an effective running back he is. They're going to run it down our throats and then um, hope that things open up for the likes of uh, Deontay Johnson and um, George Pickens and, and maybe, you know, uh, yeah, Pat Frymouth even. I think um, it's one of those where you just need to stop the run. Mm. Um, we, it, I think I did watch this game against Baltimore and, and it's fair to say that Mason Rudolph is better than the, the quarterback that we remember a few seasons ago when he, when he had a few, uh, a few snaps, he, he doesn't look like the, little boy lost that he, he once did I, I still have blazoned in my mind that fight he had with um with, with, in, against, against the browns yeah yeah, yeah he's miles garrett where he can't forget he that one attacked by with a helmet but um <laughs> <laughs> still, we still don't know what he said right <laughs> um, yeah must have been pretty pretty crazy but you know he's, he's, he's much tidier um, i think he makes good decisions but we, we have to mention the fact he fumbled the ball three times in that game against uh, baltimore which is is you know it's obviously very wet <laughs> it was very very wet and he only lost one of them but um He's not. He's not a quarterback that you worry about. He is a backup. I think he's. I think he's really their second best quarterback. I don't think you know people talk about him to third choice. He's not. He's he's he's, he's, uh, he's second choice. I think in terms of what I've seen from him, um, they've got you know, a couple of solid wide receivers. Um, I think their pass rush without TJ Watt is definitely weakened. But they've got you know the likes of um, of Highsmith, Herbig, Golden. You know they're not. They're not idiots. Uh, this defense is, uh, is is solid. It really is, and and there's no way around it. Yeah. Minka, Minka Fitzpatrick will be back for this game as well, by the sounds of things. Um, they're also used to playing 
you know, they play the Ravens twice a year. So they're used to playing a mobile quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Um, they know how to deal with, with, with a mobile quarterback. And I think this is going to be one of those games where Josh is going to, going to have to be very patient. Him using his legs might not be the preferred option in all circumstances. I think this is one of those where we, we need to be patient, take what the defense gives us and just uh, nudge our way up the field. Um I think there are some matchups we can exploit. I think that, uh, well, I don't have you seen much of Joey Porter Jr. Um, this season? Yeah, mm. I think quite highly ranked rookie. You know, he'll probably play yeah. up against Stefan Diggs, but I think it's still a matchup that Diggs would 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 favour. Um, I think that Minka Fitzpatrick has been one of these sort of ball hawks in the past, hasn't he? Where you sort of worry about throwing towards his way, but we may remember the Gabriel Davis. Uh, catch against him what was it last season mm. season before where he kind of just wrestled it off him yeah, um, yeah. yeah. so I, I feel like we, we should on paper we have the better team this is two very good defenses I do fancy the Steelers to hold us to you know sensible scores but yeah. I don't see the Steelers team scoring on the Bills really much at all mm. um, and I think it'll be tight it'll be gritty it'll be cold there's a chance of snow in Buffalo yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is yeah. going to be a very low scoring game um, and one will have to grid it out but the one mm. thing's for sure is the Bills know how to do that now so um, I'm excited about yeah. it but it's not going to be a blowout I can't see that mm. yeah and I think that um, you know you touched on it I was going to move on to the weather as well and the fact that this Bills offense is probably more geared up to play now um, in these elements and we have in recent seasons. Not only have we got the James Cook element of him, you know, being, a, you know, uh, having a great season for us, but I think uh, Latavius Murray, who I know was inactive in the last game, but Leonard Fournette, you know, the size of them, you know, the experience that they have as complementary backs to James Cook, I think that's going to be a factor in this game. Um, because I think there's going to be a lot more rushing than um, passing. And, you know, we have the advantage as well with the passing game in terms of, um, you know, Josh is able, we've seen it, we're like, oh, he can't pass in that weather when it's been you know, really windy. And Josh has still been able to make it work because of how strong his arm is. So, you know, we've, whereas, you know, our, the Steelers won't have that impact because of, uh, you know, they won't be able to pass the ball because of Mason Rudolph. He hasn't got as strong of arm. No one really has a strong of an arm as Josh Allen. So we're still going to be able to you know, trickle in that uh, passing game. But I just think we're more geared up to play in these types of elements now. And um, yeah, no, um, I think it's uh, it's going to be, as you say, close, but I think we will win. Um, what's your prediction for the game? So I've gone for a pretty low scoring game. I've gone for 20 to 10 to the Bills. Um, so uh, I fancy a couple of touchdowns, a couple of field goals, and, and then maybe getting one and one. Um, yeah, the, the line at the moment, uh, just checking the betting markets, is uh, is actually still it's still pretty low. It's uh, it's thirty six and a half, but I'm I'm betting the under on that. So I think with a bit of weather and um, a gritty mm. defensive game, um, I think the under is the better bet. So yeah, what about you? Yeah, so I'll go for a little bit more high scoring. Um, I'll go for um, seven. Uh, no. 17, 24-17 uh, to the Bills. Uh, I think we will win this game. Uh, you know, we are the better team on paper. Uh, it's just a case of, you know, the fundamentals being correct. Look after the ball, protect the ball, especially if we're rushing it in those elements. Um, you know, and that's maybe also why we do see a little bit more Latavius Murray and uh, Leonard Fournette 
is we know James Cook has had at times the tendencies to fumble. So um, we can't be having that against the Steelers in this kind of game. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll win this game um, and move on. And it'll be interesting to kind of see who we face. I think be um well, it's, the... If all the teams, like if all the division teams win, then you're looking at us being at home to the Chiefs, which will be quite an interesting game. Um, and they've got horrendous elements by the sounds of it this weekend against the Dolphins. So um, there's just interesting matchups all around. Like you've got the uh, lots of reunions, obviously. Um, Mike McCarthy going back to or, or having the Packers come uh, and face his old team. Got Stafford going back to Detroit, which is pretty unreal, and that's going to be a great game. I think that's probably the pick of the, the wild card games. And you've got Levi Wallace returning, uh, yeah, facing us on a different. Uh, and Mitch Trubisky, of course, you can't forget about him. So, uh, yeah. fun fact: um, friend of the podcast, Phoebe Schechter of, of Sky TV, one of one of her good friends is Levi Wallace. Uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, she she said like. That was her guy, wasn't it? Yep. I remember. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. So um, good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, if you are in the London area and you want to watch with other Bills fans, get down to Fitzrovia Bell. I would advise you to go early and also uh, book on the website because it is filling up, as you might imagine, very fast. It's going to be a really good crowd. It's going to be busy. It's going to be loud. And um, yeah, I can't wait. So um, it's going to be good fun to get down to the Bell. And a, and a 6 p.m. Sunday game. It's been a good while. Um, and I'm confident the Bills are going to have an impact. If you want to have in, get in touch with us, please do so. We are BillsFromAfar at gmail.com or BillsFromAfar on Twitter. Until next time, go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>